0: Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you uh, this evening for the blessing of another day today, Lord. Your goodness, your mercy, they're more than we could ask or hope. And Lord, tonight I just pray that you would uh, help us take these uh, scriptures deep into our hearts, Lord. Uh, We just want to learn from you, and, and let's pray for you to guide our time together tonight. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name, Amen. So, we are. Uh, if you turn your Bibles uh, to First Corinthians, chapter eight, and I'm going to try to get through chapter eight and chapter nine tonight. Um, Paul has been, um, you know, Paul's a letter writer. Uh, that's what we're studying right now, uh, all, his, all of his epistles on Wednesday night. And um, it's, it's such a blessing. Uh, his, his epistles are so anointed by the Holy Spirit and inspired by the Holy Spirit. And... Um, in the first six chapters of 1 Corinthians we had been talking about, Paul had been addressing some issues he had had with uh, what was going on in Corinth, and we know Corinth wasn't uh, the ideal place to, to hang out because of all the idol worship they had and um, sexual immorality, All all kinds of crazy stuff was going on there. Um, last week, uh, Nate made it into chapter seven, and um, that's when Paul starts answering some questions that, that the Corinthian uh, leaders and the Corinthian church had had uh, asked Paul uh, about. Uh, he was trying to address, in and, and these these this letter uh, from chapter eight or chapter seven on, he's addressing some of the concerns they had. Um, last week uh, Nate talked about uh, marriage and uh, not only marriage but celibacy and some other things uh, related to that and tonight we're going to get into um, idols and things offered to idols and uh, first and foremost it's about meat it's about uh, uh, meat that's been offered to idols So, uh, verse 1, Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. So, the knowledge that uh, Paul is talking about there is is the knowledge that, uh, as he says uh, in verse 4, Therefore concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is no other God but one. So, these believers, they have that knowledge of, of um, that the, the idols are nothing. And, but I, need, I guess I need to explain a little bit about this thing with the meat. So what's, what's happening here is that the, the Corinthians, there's still, again, a lot of them that are worshiping idols. And what's happening is they're bringing these meat sacrifices to their uh, idolatrous temples and all the all of this meat's not getting consumed by you know the temple people or whoever that's that's um uh they're bringing the idols to so the they're saying the Corinthians are saying, or the, the priests of the idols are saying, well, you know, hey, we got an opportunity to make some money here, so uh, we'll just take the, this leftover food that we have and take it down to the butcher shop and uh, and we'll sell it down there and make some money. So they they do that, and and the problem is that. Um, there are some, uh, like I said here, it says that we all have knowledge, uh, that knowledge that um, the, the idols are nothing and if you eat the meat and if you buy the meat, it's, it should be okay, right? Because we're strong in the fact that, that we have liberty to do that because we know the idols are nothing. But uh, there comes a problem in um, where there's other Christians that are maybe weaker in their faith, and those weak Christians um, they don't they don't believe in um, buying that meat. They don't. Um, it's it's an affront to them they don't want to support uh the idol worship in any way so they they decide they you know they don't want to do that so again um knowledge puffs up but love edifies and that's what we want to talk about a little bit about here if anyone thinks that he knows anything he knows nothing Yet as he ought to know, but if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. So even the, uh, the weak Christians is what, what we want to call them versus the strong Christians. The strong Christians are the ones that, hey, they're good with eating the meat. They want to buy the meat. I mean, they get it at a bargain price. I know uh, my wife likes doing that when she goes to the grocery store. We look for bargains, and, and uh, we're on a budget, so uh, we, uh, we try to uh, do that. But, uh, the, and that's what these guys are doing, you know. The, this meat is only good for one day. They're, it's not refrigerated or anything, so uh, they have to sell it at a, a bargain price. And the stronger Christians, they're buying that; they they have no problem with it and know that uh, uh, it's all good. And, but the weaker Christians, again, like I said before, they just there's something in in their spirit that they're sensitive. I guess is the word I want to use. They're sensitive to that, and and they just don't they can't do that. But um, the The other issue, um, so let's go on uh, to verse 4. Therefore, concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is no other God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father of whom are all things and we for him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. Our God is the creator, the creator of all things. He created the meat, he created everything um, except for these idols. And the idols were created by man, right? They're man-made, and, and uh, uh, that's, that's an affront to our Lord and our God. Um, So, going back to verse 2 there for a second it says if anyone thinks that he knows anything he knows nothing yet as he ought to know so what's happening is these strong Christians are they're eating the meat they're buying the meat and they're doing it in front of the other Christians that are weaker and so that's kind of uh, creating uh, a divide, we would say. And um, the, the the other thing is uh, when it says knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Edifies is an important word. It means uh, to build up. And the stronger Christians, they're not building up the weaker Christians because of what they're doing and, and how they're... Uh, somehow how they're doing what they're doing in front of them sometimes on purpose and um, you know they get kind of hung up in this is their right to do that Um, they had a right but uh, but Paul tells them again they know nothing the strong Christians had knowledge of their liberty in Christ but they weren't using it in love and that's that's the thing that we have to remember with knowledge uh... it can puff up and it can be um, uh, that can obviously leads to uh... self worth and to and to pride and there's no love involved in pride we know that right um, without love knowledge is nothing and uh... it can uh, knowledge can create a distance uh... whereas love can create closeness And those things must be used together knowledge and love must be used together Um, and ultimately God is more important than any any knowledge that man has so uh, verse 7 says however there is not in everyone that knowledge for some with consciousness of the idol until now eat it as a thing offered to an idol and their conscience being weak is defiled. So, again, these guys are, uh, the, the weaker Christians are, are um, they're, they're just, their consciousness is being affected by what the stronger Christians are doing. Um, it's kind of like the strong Christians are saying, hey, you know, we're going to do this. Uh, we're, we have this liberty in Christ, and this liberty in Christ lets us buy this meat and do this thing. And so, you know, uh, too bad, so sad for those weak Christians. Uh, you know, again, they don't have the love in their heart that uh, they need to have to, to mentor these uh, weaker Christians. Um, the weaker Christians, uh, how are they weak? Well, they're, in some ways they're weak due to being new, new Christians, and sometimes uh, they're Christians that they just refuse to grow, um, and I think of that more in, in this day and age. Uh, people who ignore reading their Bible and um, uh, they, they don't have Christian fellowship, and some are just scared of the freedom in Christ. Uh, <laughs> they don't. They won't. They don't want to get out. They're afraid to get out and and mingle with and have fellowship with the other ones. And I think about uh, experience I had. Uh, my mom and dad always told me when I uh, started in school. Well. Um, I went to uh, school in Kent. It was just a one-room school. There were uh, first and second grade were in one room. Third and fourth grade were in one room, and then fifth and sixth grade were upstairs. But just so happened where uh, the school was at was right over the hill or right up the hill from where I lived. So. <laughs> My mom and dad uh, said what they usually had to do was take me back to school all the time, because I, by the time school started, I'd be back at home. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, that's just an example of of being scared and, and and of their freedom in Christ. That's what these guys were afraid of. Um, moving on verse 9, but beware lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. So uh, Paul's saying, you know, you can't uh, choose liberty, your liberty over love because it, it can be a, stumb- a stumbling block to, to those who are weak. Uh, For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? So in other words, if somebody, a weak Christian, they're out at the meat market too, and they're buying maybe the retail meat, but uh, they see you... um, whether, you don't even have to be a pastor, maybe you're a deacon in one, in one of the churches, uh, and, and they see you buying this meat and eating this meat, and so they buy some of it, and they take it home, and they cook it up, some of the meat, that was served to idols i'm saying and they they bring it home and and they eat they fix it up and then they eat it but then their conscience is seared because of that uh and and that's because they saw you do it they thought well if if the deacon does it well it's all right for me to do it uh scott just talked about uh the other day um a week or so ago, he talked about uh, alcohol and drinking and how that can, uh, you know, he, he doesn't drink because of this very same principle right here, that if someone would see him out, then they would think, well, he does it, so it must be alright for me to do that. And, uh, you know, it's any number of things. I think uh, uh, at our house, Debbie and I, uh, we have televisions in our house, and I know a lot of people at our church. They don't. They don't have TVs. They're convicted by the fact that they don't. They don't want television in their house. So I'm not. If if I invite somebody over to my house that uh, I know doesn't watch television well I'm not going to turn every TV in the house on just you know because I have the liberty to do that and and so again edify build people up that's, that's what we're supposed to be doing in Christ the Lord and, and not making anyone anyone's conscience to be wounded or um, uh, I have a note here Um, Our freedom is evident, but but do we stumble another when we practice our freedom? Uh, Any number of things can cause a weaker brother to stumble, obviously. Just talked about it. And we can't force our convictions on others, nor should we try to change another person's conviction, uh, as that can defile or wound their conscience. And that's exactly what I was talking about there. We don't want to defile their conscience. Uh, Paul talks about it here. And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. Um, Again, uh, Will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And then um, uh, even worse, in verse 12, it says, But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. So it's all about thinking and loving your brother, and, and uh, not making him stumble, stumble not make him, uh, not wound his conscience, not sear his conscience, and uh, not try to get him to change his convictions uh, to what your, your convictions are. Only the Holy Spirit can change uh, one's convictions. Uh, uh, we are bound to others by love. And if we choose to use our freedom to stumble another brother, Paul says it's not only sin against our brother, but sin also against Christ. He said that there in, in um, verse, um, uh, verse 12. Verse 12. And uh, he makes it clear in verse 13 uh, where he stands. He will never eat meat again if it makes a brother stumble. He's aware of his freedom and liberty in Christ. However, his love for others is just like Christ's love for us. And again, our love for others should be just like Paul's. Uh, It should be like Christ's love for us. So beware of of choosing knowledge without love. If there's a choice between knowledge and love in a situation that you might be in, um, you choose between knowledge and love or grace, we want to choose love and we want to choose grace. Uh, you won't go wrong if you, if you do that. So, and so moving on to chapter 9, now Paul's going to kind of change it up here a little bit. Um, He's, um, I guess, some of the other questions and, and things that uh, they're asking Paul about is about being supported as, as a minister. Um, Paul knows he has that right. Uh, and we're going to find out he declines that right because uh, he doesn't want others to be offended or uh, to raise a big stink in the church uh, because of that. Um, So we start out at verse 1, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. And he says, "My defense to those who examine me is this." So, what Paul's getting ready to do here is uh, he's going to um, make his case for why he should uh, have the right to be supported by the church. And um, but um, and, and he starts out by saying, "Am I not an apostle?" Well, Paul was an apostle because he wasn't one of the original twelve, but he was an Apostle because he was commissioned on the road to Damascus by Jesus himself. He saw Christ and in those days that was that was one of the things uh, that was required of an Apostle. He needed to have uh, seen the risen Christ and, and Paul did see him and he was, com- again, he was commissioned by him on, on that road to Damascus. Um, it says um, in verse uh, two there, if I'm not apostle an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you. So he, what Paul's saying is, in other places, you know, maybe uh, they might have an argument about him being apostle, but at corinth he spent 18 months in corinth he established churches there and he established had been established in churches all over the known world at that time so he by all the things he he was doing he was should be considered an apostle um, and he goes on to say uh, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the lord again He's in Corinth. He established the church in Corinth. Uh probably established some of the leadership there and that's what that means when he that he's the seal or they are the seal of his apostleship in the Lord. So now <coughs> starting again verse 3 my defense to those who examine me is this do we have no right to eat and drink so you know he's saying why are you denying me th- this and so we're going to go on and and see why uh, and all, he gives all kinds of examples in the next uh, several verses uh about why he has that right and that rights are, are we're going to hear that time after time do we have no right to eat and drink? Do we have no right to take along a believer, believing wife as do all the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? So, again, um, he, he has that right. Um, I want to read um, from Matthew. Um, it's Matthew chapter 10. And it's uh, starting in verse 5. And this is when Jesus sent out the twelve. He said, These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he sent sent them out to the Jewish people. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers raise the dead cast out demons freely you have received freely give provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts nor bag for your journey nor two tunics nor sandals nor staffs for a worker is worthy of his food so there he's he's telling the corinthians that even Jesus sent out apost sent out the apostles and sent out the twelve at that time and that they were worthy because they were teaching they were they were healing people they were uh, preaching the word to the people and uh, the kingdom of God they were preaching the kingdom of God and they uh, they were to Receive food and support from the people they were they were uh, preaching to, and and you know um, and now we're going to get in and again here I read this about the brothers of the Lord and Cephas and about them having wives. Even their wives should be supported as well. Uh, they were obviously, uh, evidently, they were supporting Cephas or Peter. And it says the brothers of the Lord, and I take that to mean James and Jude. They, and they were all married. And even though Paul and Barnabas weren't married at that time, um, you know, uh, it would have been right if, if they were married for the church to support their wives as well. Verse 6 says, Or is it only Barnas, Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working? Whoever goes to war at his own expense, so he starts uh, another uh, examples here about which are just common sense. Whoever goes to war at his own expense. Uh, Who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit, or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock. So, uh, you know, the people in Corinth, I mean, they're not denying uh, someone who goes to war to support them. I mean, I was in the army and... um, when I joined the Army, I, I joined the tanks, uh, I, I, I signed up for tanks, and they didn't require me to bring my own tank with me when I went. They supported me, they, they gave me everything, you know, uh, the uniforms, the uh, food, uh, any equipment, everything that I needed. Uh, they gave me, and uh, even if you go out into the Navy, they don't require you to bring your own battleship with the, with you. Do they? Do they, Mike? <laughs> so, the point being that you know the, the, these guys are being supported, and uh, the the soldiers are. And who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit? I mean, it's when when you 're working towards that goal, then you deserve to to enjoy excuse me, enjoy the fruit of your labor. same thing if you 're a rancher you know who tends a flock and, and does not drink the milk Do I, I say these things as a mere man uh, you know paul saying uh, this isn 't my opinion. Or does not the law say the same thing also? So he's going to change gears here again. And, and he's going to go to end of the Old Testament. and For it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. So um, that's, uh, it, that's from Deuteronomy 25, uh, uh, verse 4. And, you know, is it? Is it the oxen God is concerned about, he says? Or does he say it all for our sakes? Uh, it's not the oxen, you know? Even though the oxen deserves to eat of his food because he's working, you know? But uh, but he's not, uh, God's not talking about the oxen. He's, it's a principle for the sake of believers. For our sakes, no doubt this is written that he who plows should plow in hope and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of this hope. So uh, what Paul's saying there is, it, it's, it's about, they're teaching scripture. They're teaching, um, you know, the kingdom of God. And, and that's the hope that they are putting forth. And, and they're, they're plowing that. And then they're... Um, and then they were reaping it and and threshing in hope to be partakers of this hope um, so ba- Barnabas and Paul, uh, I think it 's a good time here to to talk about you know th- those guys were tent makers, and they didn 't. Uh, they weren't going after um, money or, or food or anything because uh, they had a they had a day job. You know that's what Scott calls so what he does all the time. He has a day job and and he uh, he he doesn't need the support of here. So that that frees our church up so much to use uh, our resources uh, for missions and and uh mainly that's that's where we uh send our uh resources out to um, so paul in verse 12 it, he says if others are partakers of this ride right over you are we not even more Nevertheless, we have not used this right, but endure all things lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. So Paul is, all he's concerned about is the gospel, spreading the gospel and getting it out to others. And he's he's not going to do anything to hinder that. Uh, Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple, and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar? Even so the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. So here he gives another example of the Levites and the priests uh, back in the Old Testament days and and they're they're supported as well by uh, people brought, brought sacrifices to them, and the Levites, they, they took um, some of the meat, and they ate the meat and, and got their sustenance from that. Um, and then in verse uh, 15, he says, But I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things, that it should be done so to me for it would be better for me to die than that anyone should make my boasting void so Paul's just kinda slamming the door on on uh, what you know that they should they should be supported but he's not gonna take support because his his job is to is to spread the gospel, preach the gospel, and he'd rather die than than anyone should uh, make my bo- boasting void. In other words, um, he w- he didn't want anybody to think that he was doing it just for the money, um, and nobody could ever accuse Paul of that. Um, He he also wasn't trying to shame them into supporting him. Um, His charge was to remain faithful and uh, to spread the gospel. And that's the task that God had given him. And he was staying faithful to that task. For I preach the gospel, verse 16, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. He does it because he wants to and because he's commissioned to do it because he knows that's the right thing. And yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward, but if against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. And what is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel i may present the gospel of christ without charge that i may not abuse my authority in the gospel so again we can't i can't say it enough paul's stewardship and and what he how he is serving the lord what he's doing for the lord is to preach the gospel and, he, and we've seen a, a he we see it throughout the New Testament he goes all over the the countries um, from country to country all his missionary journeys uh, and he was planting churches everywhere that was what he wanted to do that's what he did and that's that was the charge that he had um, starting verse 19 um, Paul says for though I am free from all men I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win Jews to those who are under the law as under the law. That I might win those who are under the law to those who are without law. And that's the Gentiles he's talking about. As without law, not being without law toward God but under law toward Christ that I might win those who are without law, to the weak I become as weak, and that's the weak Christians that he's talking about, that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be, part- be partaker of it with you. So... Some people take this out of context and say, well, Paul's just like a chameleon or he's compromising his message to try and, you know, win Jews or win Gentiles. But that's not it. Uh, What Paul, uh, he he uses different approaches to win different groups. Um, He's not... A chameleon or a compromiser and he doesn't change his message but he just adapts it to whoever uh, he's preaching to. Uh, In the book of Acts we see uh, when he uh, went into the synagogues and uh, to the Jews he used Old Testament examples of the patriarchs um, and that's how he initiated um, his talk to them. And to the Gentiles, he started with the God of creation, and that's how he um, uh, would start out uh, his witness to them. Um, Paul would—he would forsake any right of his to win any soul to Christ, and that's kind of what it's—it's it's saying here um, um, to the Jews, I became a became Jews that I might win Jews, and that I might win those who are under the law to those who are without law and uh, that I might win those who are without the law to the weak I became as weak that I might win the weak win 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 he's he's out to win souls and uh, there that last sentence he says now this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be a partaker of it with you he means uh, Actually, it was the verse before that he says that I might by all means save some, so he's winning souls he wants to save souls and and that's what Paul is all about is winning souls so the last few verses here um he it's kind of another um, comparison uh it's kind of a familiar. Uh, imagery for Paul. Uh, It says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus, I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So Paul, uh, he tells us we're running the race to win, you know. We're, we're not beating the air like a shadow boxer. We're aiming for a mark, you know. We're focusing uh, on, on this race that we're in. Uh, and that race should, our race should be like Paul's race. We should be racing to win souls for, for the Lord, winning souls for the Lord. That's what, that was Paul's main thing. And, um, um, the success of of what we do it depends on our desire and our desire to excel uh to do those things and and to put forth a strenuous effort that's that's what you know the whole analogy of the the physical things that the athletes do uh, they run in such a way to obtain it and everyone who competes for the, the prize is temperate in all things and that means uh... when we're temperate uh... when it comes to athletics you know many of them are temperate in what they eat i mean they exercise and but uh, you know they they don't take in things into their body that they shouldn't be eating like I do all the time <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a birthday cake guy myself That's fine. but anyway um, these guys they don't do that they, they have a diet they're on they have um, you know exercises they do and and they excel and put forth that, that effort um, and I think it's uh, very important that analogy about uh, being temperate Uh, what we put into our bodies uh, versus what we put into our minds and what we put into our hearts those are the things that we need to be extra special careful about what we do Uh, the Word of God is something that we can always depend on and it's uh, something that um, can show us what we need to do in any situation. But we need to search it out, and uh, we need to be faithful to um, keep reading, read every day. Um, and, um, and I would urge you to read uh, commentaries. Um, or buy a Bible that has a commentary i I use this one here, and uh, it 's a guy named warren Wiersbe um, and he 's very insightful um, I know Scott uh, uses him sometimes uh, and um, it's i've found that uh, his insights uh help me out a lot and and interpreting scripture, and um, and just reading in general. So what do we learn tonight? Um, what we learned is there is something more important in this life than our liberties and our rights. Uh, what's more important than to have a good conscience to our weaker brothers, and it's more importantly toward God, our privilege to win souls is much much more important than our rights and our liberties and uh, I want to finish by saying uh, when we do practice these things when uh, when we have a good conscience to our weaker brothers and don't stumble them, and uh, we are faithful to to give our testimony to others, and to tell them about, about Jesus Christ. Uh, hopefully one day we'll hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Father, we just thank you tonight for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. and We thank you so much for your grace that you have for us. Lord, help us to be winners of souls. Help us to put our rights and our liberties uh, um, on the back burner when we need to. Um, help us not uh, just go out and say, well, I have the right to do this because um, because I'm a strong Christian. Um, we need to be strong in and stronger in love then we need to be stronger in knowledge. So Lord, uh, guide us and lead us as we leave this place tonight. Uh, Help us to be faithful to you, Lord, as you are faithful to us. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name.